Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. Revealed to in darkness, reveal it in light. What has been whispered in two years, shattered in the rooftops. Good morning, church. Good to see you guys. I'm so glad that you are able to join with us today as we worship God and fellowship in the body of Christ. Would you take a minute or so to turn to the right of you, to the next left of you, behind you, in front of you. Say hello to them. If you don't know their name, get their name. Give them your name. We have some new faces here. We just want to say welcome. If you're new today to our church, we encourage you to stick around after church, and we love the opportunity to to get to know you and say hello to you guys. A couple announcements before we begin our service today. Um, Yesterday, we had our uh, men's ministry meeting. It's our quarterly meeting. Uh, About 20 of us, a little less than 20 men of Rooftop gathered together. And I I just want to say, man, it really is a unique opportunity, unique platform that we have um, and we get to come and, and share mostly of our uh, honest struggles and hardships and the prayers that we have. And I, can, if I could just be honest a little bit, I went home yesterday. I, I struggled a little bit in my sleep because, man, what did I just do? Scott, like, you share too much, man. Like, like you let out too much. And, and I'm not going to lie, guys. I, I, there was a sense of, like, a little bit of insecurity and, and, and then I wrestled all night. God, like, did I blurt out something that I should not have? And, but I think it was the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit just comforted me. He's like, Scott, like, that's the culture that we want. We, we want the body of Christ to emulate transparency and, and grace. And, and, and in our brokenness, we allow the love of God to fill these little cracks. And, and I don't know. Um, uh, I've yet to be affirmed by other men that were present yesterday. <laughs> But at least God just really comforted me and, and just kind of refining the way, why are we having gender ministries? Why do we gather together as men and women separately? You know, we always joke like, oh, man, that's three hours. I don't have to worry about my wife or my kids. You know, that's three hours, four hours. I don't have to worry about my husband and my, you know, kids. But really, there's so much work to be done in our hearts and in our lives. So if you missed out... Uh, I encourage you to come out and, and join us next time. The next meeting will be an outing in the month of April. And uh, in the month of June, we will be gathering one more time. So look out for the email, and the invitation will continue to go out. But, and I encourage you guys to continue to participate as we grow together in the likeness of who Jesus is in our lives. All right. Um, along that line, February 25th, mark your calendars. If you are married, if you are engaged, if you are in a dating relationship, you want to just learn about how to be a better husband, fiance, better boyfriend, girlfriend, um, come. Uh, You want to sign up. It's a special opportunity that we have. Uh, Dr. Jessica Lee, who's a dear friend of our church, uh, is going to come and devoting the entire evening where we talk about the topics of marriage and, and how we can better our marriage. And so it's a very unique opportunity. You want to come. Guess what, folks? Child care is also provided. So I, I don't know. I mean, on a Saturday night, if that doesn't motivate you, man, I pray for you. <laughs> but uh, come on out. Again, it's going to be an awesome time for us to grow together, learn from each other. So that's the QR code. You want to sign up for that? Uh, we have, I think, four couples that have 
uh, signed up so far, and I'm anticipating a few more. And you want to certainly grow together in that regard. So again, if you're engaged, we welcome. If you're dating, uh, we say welcome as well. All right, the last announcement for today we have is we're opening up our foundations class. This is our annual membership course that we offer for all the visitors and the recently settled members of church. And we go through 10 weeks, um, uh, basic tenets of the Christian faith, along with the six core values of Rooftop Church. I know some of you guys have already been here for for more than a year, and they're like, hey, man, Scott, it's kind of ridiculous, man. I'm already, sir, I'm already doing stuff, participating. I'm tithing, giving offering. like, man, you have to go through 10 weeks. I'm like, yes, you do. Uh, we, it's because we really want you to understand the vision and the mission we believe that we have been called for. So, again, uh, we unique thing that we do is we unpack our life stories, and it's a good uh, way for you to be weaved into the fabric and the DNA of w- what our church stands for. So if you're curious about that, uh, talk to me. Uh, where's Esther? David? Esther is here. David also. Uh, they're part of this study team, and, and they're kind of helping to organize and form. They, they will also be teaching and alongside of me. So I'll look forward to that. Um, do sign up, okay? Um, um, you can't serve house rules, right? At Rooftop Church, unless you're a certified member, we, we limit you in the areas that you can serve and contribute to the church. So uh, we do encourage you guys to uh, take part in this. Uh, it's going to be wonderful. One of my favorite things to do, I say that about everything, right? Uh, I, I love this class because uh, it, we get to unpack and I get to know you guys really close what God is doing and has done in your life. So that, that's the QR code. Sign up for that. I promise no more QR codes for a while. All right? So sign up for Marriage at the Table and as well as the, the Foundations class. All right. Well, today, uh, it's a special Sunday for us. Today is a day that we're launching a new ministry called Arches. You know, about three months ago, while prep, in preparation for the new year, 2023, and then just praying and discerning for what the direction of this year should be, I felt really strongly about focusing on strengthening the core of who we are. And say, God, we want to be ready for the next decade or so and for us to grow. And I really had this sense that in order for the church to grow, we have to really be strong and strengthen in the core of who we are. We have to let down our roots more deeply than we ever had. And, and in that, in prayer for that, and obviously as I've been focusing First of all, we need to strengthen our relationship with God. We as individual members, we carry the mantle of leadership, meaning we, bear, we co-bear the responsibility of being the pillars of this church. And that's me as a pastor, you as a member, you as a serving leader, and we all bear that. And, and not only that, I just really felt like we need to start having healthier family units in this church. And, and I really believe that that's really the direction that we need to have because, and I kept thinking, I kept wishing and praying, I, man, I, I pray for healthy families. I pray for all the marriages to be right. I pray for all the parents to have good relationship. And I realized in the years past, we had always prayed more for such things to exist. And, and we did very little in imparting um, the right tools, we did very little in providing the education platforms where we can grow together. 
You guys understand what that means? It's one thing to be praying for something, but it's a whole new level of commitment and course of life where we are being educated, where we are learning under this goal of being strong and healthy together. So today, we are launching a new ministry called Arches. And, and the tagline of the ministry is, I'm going to just briefly go over it, empowering families through education, encouragement, and engagement so that they are well-equipped to grow with their children. So we're going to be talking a lot about families, parenting. You know, notice the marriages. We're talking about being better husbands, better men. That's the theme of 2023, all right? And with that, uh, it's a really unique opportunity where um, I'm sharing the pulpit today. So without further ado, I've called this expert friend of mine, uh, who's been a, a big hit in the last few months. Uh, little humans in your own families probably love this person a lot. And I admit it more than me, uh, right? But so uh, without further ado, would you please help me welcome uh, the Children's Ministry Director of Rooftop. Let's, let's invite Casey to the front. Hello. How is everybody? Good to see you. Uh, so weird to be here on a Sunday. <laughs> this is like a new environment for me. You can sit. Thanks. <sighs> Short people problems. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know what to believe when, you know, CM volunteers say they get nervous uh, when they talk to adults, but probably not as bad as when me, as a, as a paddle, pastor of adult ministry, have to talk to the little humans over there. But I think she does really fine. So um, there, there's, there are probably a few members here that don't know you as well, especially those that are not parents. So Casey, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and, and why you are joining us today of all Sundays? Yeah. Sure. Um, hi, I'm Casey. I am the children's pastor. Um, I've been working in children's ministry for like over 20 years. Um, so yeah, it's been a while, um, but I love it. And I think it's a calling for me on, on my life, um, whereas like a lot of pastors use it as a stepping stone into like EM ministry or like adult ministry. Um, I really feel like the Lord has called me into children's ministry. Um, and so yeah, today I'm here to kind of share what I've learned and what I've gleaned, what the Lord is kind of putting on my heart um, for Rooftop Church. And it's not just for children and parents and families, this is for all of us, um, because we are one family body of Christ, right? And so um, I'm here today to talk about our Arches Ministry lunch, and I'm super excited. That's good. See, you don't sound nervous at all. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, I <yeah>. am. <laughs> T tell us a little bit about your family then. I, I know we're going from like zero to like, we're, we want to get to know you, so I know that that's also something that we want to do. We talk about uh, disclosing a little bit more intimately of our own selves. Uh, you want to share a little bit about your own family and, and how that plays into what you're doing and, and why we are sharing this vision together? Absolutely. Um, I have a picture here of my family. <laughs> um, I, my parents are John and Shirley. Um, we are <laughs> Japanese Americans, but they're like super Americanized. Um, and so culturally, we grew up as Americans, but had a lot of like Asian influence. Um, I, they're like fourth generation. Um, so yeah, that gives you some context. Um, but despite that, um, our family was a little different. My sister and I are adopted. Um, and that created a lot of um, interesting family dynamics over the years. My family, my parents are not open about the adoption. And so 
when we found out, it was difficult. Um, and then my sister struggled consistently um, up until today, but I have not. Um, <laughs> I just don't know why. Um, I was like a happy kid. Um, but that did not affect me as much. Um, and so because of that, um, it stopped us from having a lot of important discussions and being open, emotional support, all that kind of stuff that you kind of need as a child. Um, my family lacked a little bit. Um, but despite all that, they were great parents. They provided for us um, more than, more than I think, enough. We went on great vacations. I have really great memories um, of my childhood, but that other side of things was a little bit difficult. Um, and so, yeah, I think my sister, she's a year younger than me, um, but she still really struggles with her mental health, and that is a product of our parents not being able to have resources, feel comfortable to reach out, to talk to people when they needed help, um, because I think there was a lot of um, pressure to not bring shame or there was taboo. Um, my parents grew up as a product of the war. So their parents were in internment camps. And so when they came out, um, they didn't want to bring shame. They didn't want to rock the boat, so to speak, um, or like stand out in any way. They just wanted to kind of be a part of American culture um, and be normal um, and be like a picture perfect family. And so my parents parented the way that they saw and experienced that. And so, um, yeah, I think that was all reflected throughout the generations, um, and it landed on us. Um, but I think I have had a different experience than my sister, and so we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, that's such a unique background that, you know, mm -hmm. it's not quite normal. It's not, you know, often you run into uh, adoptees, yeah. and then and I'm sure the family experience is completely different than, than I mean, I'm, I'm totally fam unfamiliar with that, and. Yeah, we'd love to get to know you a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. So before we start, I wanted to ask you, Pastor Scott, um, <laughs> can you share with us about how God highlights family in the Bible? Because that's like our roots, right? We want to get into like. Yeah, I know. Um, unfortunately, I think I told Casey, like, man, you get to open up with such a personal story and... and but she's not letting me share about my family just yet. And so and she asked me, you take the Bible part. Um, so... And I think that's really important because I think no matter the context of our own family experiences, I think it's important for us to have a reference point. And, and we as followers of God, we as, uh, as readers of God's word, I think it's also important and valuable to have such a, uh, a move, like such a strong reference point. And this personally, what I believe about what the Bible conveys about the, value, the purpose and the importance of family. And if you read in the, even in the account of Genesis chapter 1, the, uh, the creation of, uh, uh, of mankind in the way that God had designed, the method God, that God has used to populate the earth was through the unit of family. If you read Genesis chapter 1, God created man. You, know, you do understand that it was just one person. So uh, if you read, it's, it's quite funny because you, you see the, the evolution of Adam uh, living his good life as a bachelor and one day he wakes up, he's like, all these things that he had endured in the Garden of Eden, he's like, you know what, this is not good enough. And, and somewhere along the line, there was a lack, and God noticed that Adam needs somebody. And, and God gifted Adam with Eve while he was taking a nap and just brutally took the rib out of Adam and, and created uh, Eve and, and there then created was a fam first family unit. And God used that family unit to continue to populate the earth. And if you read Genesis chapter 17, 12, 13, 
generations after, this is what it says. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is brought with money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. You see God continuing the promise that he had made to Father Abraham. And this covenant, this promise was guaranteed to continue on multiple generations with the act of circumcision. And this is a Judaic promise and that was inherently given and inherited for multiple generations. And you move on to the time of Moses when God gave Moses and the Israelites the Ten Commandments. The fifth commandment, you guys know that, it's about protecting the family and the authority of the parents that have been given over children. Do you guys know what the fifth commandment is? I'm going to read for you here. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So, kind of crazy, right? Of, of the Ten Commandments that we have, it has less to do with God. It has to, less to do with like God, perceived godliness and moral uprightness. But it says, you know what? Obey your parents. And you guys know that this is a, the one and only of the Ten Commandments that is guaranteed by a promise. God says, if you obey your parents, that your days may be long in the land, and God is going to give you much favor. And another commandment, the seventh is, uh, you shall not commit adultery. What does this mean? Meaning, from the very beginning, as the importance of the family unit uh, befell the humankind, God also set, set a safeguard of, you know what, this is a sacred relationship the families that you are creating, what you have been called to create, I want no other person outside the marriage of husband and wife, no one else to enter that relationship and pervert it. This is why it says, you, if you're a man or woman and you are a married person, you shall not commit adultery. So I think from early on, it, it's quite remarkable that God set a very high priority in building and nurturing this concept of family. And fast forward in the New Testament, Jesus then highlights, and if you read chapter 12 and 13, Jesus kind of rants about, he gives his hypothetical tests about, hey, if you love me, if you follow me, and you got to leave your family, if you love me, uh, the mothers will uh, was it denounce their daughter-in-laws and the fathers will disown their sons and all these, these extreme polarities. And I think that's also Jesus highlighting, you know what, not only your physical family, but he was imparting this truth of the spiritual family as well, in that we're called to preserve, in that we're called to honor God in all of our relationships. And for me, and in all of these examples above, I noticed that God's call for all of us, whether male or female, a lot of the responsibility that come upon us is played out in the context of family. So I, that, this is why I want to pay attention uh, when we talk about family. I think this is why our theme of concentric leadership this year is so important because what you and I have been called to do, it really is important. Yeah.
Yeah, thanks for sharing. Um, yeah. Definitely, I totally agree with you. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, we, we all have family, right? So it's applicable to all of us. Um, so based on that, how do you understand God's design for our families? Yeah, uh, this one's going to be shorter, okay? So <laughs> I think I'm going to just quote. I could tell by the way you guys laugh. It's like, okay, move along, Scott. We want to hear more of Casey, not you. Um, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and 17. This is, again, God's way of describing his relationship with us. And, and just, I want you guys to see the language and check out the language that Apostle Paul uses. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. The primary that God says, the way you will understand me and my love is this dynamic of you as a child and me as a God, uh, me as a father. And I love the use of the, uh, the direct quotation of Abba. It, that's actually Aramaic, very s- similar to the Korean language, Appa, right? That's a term of endearment in, in the, lang- the spoken language of Hebrew, which is Aramaic. And they use that word, Abba. Guys, think, think with me. Meaning, the way you and I should relate to God in heaven is the way that we relate to our earthly fathers. And most of you, if not all of you in this room, are Asians. And typically, at least in my experience, I do not necessarily associate my own dad with the tender, loving nature of our Heavenly Father. There's usually a dissonance of, in extreme cases, man, if God is like that, hey, man, I'm not sure. But God over and over communicates that that's how we should perceive God. And speaking of Casey, your adoptive background. He says, now we have been adopted into God's family. Meaning one time in, our, in the course of our lives, we do not belong to the family of God. But by the confession of our faith in Jesus, God has now included us. And, and I think we have the entire lifetime to figure out and learn of what it means to relate to God as Heavenly Father. And we learning to enjoy being His children, meaning like Jesus and I were in the spiritual sense. There's like spiritual like sibling. We're we're co-heirs, right? So there's that. This is why we we, we call Jesus our brother. We call Jesus our friend. So there's that dynamic as well. So uh, that's it. That that will be the most of what you hear from me. Uh, But but Casey, I'm curious, like you you shared about your own... um, unique background of your own family. So how has your own family history and upbringing, how has that impacted your uh, approach to this general understanding of family? 
Yeah, so um, like I mentioned before, I have kind of a unique experience with my family. And so um, on the one hand, it was awesome. I was provided for materially. Um, we went on vacations, like I said. I had a great childhood. Like I have a lot of pictures that are like awesome. Um, but on the other hand, there was a deep lack um, in a lot of emotional support in learning how to cope and respond and have healthy relationships. Um, and so I think for me, that was really, really difficult um, in my later years, not so much as a child. Um, but my sister has struggled with it continuously um, since we found out. And we found out when we were a little bit older. Um, and so, yeah, for her, it's been a constant struggle. Um, but there's still a huge disconnect between me and my parents, um, which is something that I don't like and like have tried to kind of remedy over the years. Um, but I think because they're non-Christians and because they don't know the love of God and because I do, there's a depth that they can't understand. Mm. Um, and they don't understand what I do. And so, yeah, there's a huge disconnect there. Um, but yeah, I think recently, um, my sister <laughs> over Christmas, um, you know, like Christmas is you know, one of those happy holidays, um, but she had a major mental breakdown. Um, and we spent like three hours in the bathroom together. Um, and she just unloaded all of the things that she was struggling with. And it was almost like an out-of-body experience for me um, because she had manifested so many things that I struggled with mm. um, and that I had worked through and I had like thought about and prayed about, um, but she was still like in the thick of it. And this is like really dating back to childhood. Um, and so it was like, honestly, one of the hardest moments of my life with my sister. Um, but I think it was so clear to me, God was revealing to me the importance of family, but also showing me the difference between his love and the love of the world. Um, my sister has never experienced God's love. And so because I have, I've been healed. I've been spoken to in loving ways. I've been supported. Um, I've been able to walk with the family of Christ through all of that trauma, through all of those difficulties, through all of the adoption stuff. Um, but my sister had, it's not. Um, and I think that's why she still struggles um, and has such a difficult time. And so for me, family is still like a very um, tumultuous topic. Um, but I think it's God has really brought it around where I can see what happened and my own experiences um, and really glean from that how to speak into the lives of other families, how to share with families, how to show compassion and empathy um, and really understand like, okay, not every family. No, no family is perfect. I'm just going to throw that out there. Everybody's got issues, right? We all got issues. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, for me, just being able to see that and experience it for myself, I think it's brought me into a very different place of understanding for families. Casey, you talked about that experience with your sister is more recent. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you said all the issues that you said you had witnessed, was it like it was just kind of was it the first time that these issues were brought out that you didn't realize that you also had? Yeah, so she, we don't share <laughs> because mm. in our family, like when we were growing up, we didn't share. And we were supposed to stifle emotions, keep it in, be the perfect family, um, show other people that we're great and we're good. Um, and so she never talked about it. But I know she struggled, but it's never been expressed to me. That's interesting. I, I wonder if it's, that's a, an Asian thing. You said, um, you know, I also grew up in a family where um, I was actually told, not just encouraged, I was told to not express my emotions. And it's just kind of a created a false a sense of manhood where uh, a manly man, man, you don't show emotions. 
And, and, and I, 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 my family took it a step further and said, hey, real men don't talk. You guys ever heard that before? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't know if, if this relates to this, like, the Asian man's like, hey, respond with grunt. And, mm, mm. like, and, and I was encouraged from early on, like, you know, you don't want to say much. And particularly, like, your grievances and your complaints, like, especially as a man, like, the way you express your strength is by not saying much. And I realized, like, how unhealthy that is. That's almost demonic, where, like, for me, and this is totally, like, not in our script, but for me, the unhealth of the family that I had grew up in, it literally, like, it was vomited when I became an adult, uh, it was in the year 2004, right before I take, took um, off to the mission field, and I had this great idea of, I'm going to take a road trip with my parents, just us to to Colorado. And looking back, man, that, I talk about full of faith. That was full of faith. I committed to spend the entire week with my parents. And like day three, I'm, I'm feeling this tension. And day four, on our way back from Colorado in Arizona, it just exploded. And... And in the car, like, I'm driving. My dad was saying something, and I just exploded. Then I would drive off, and, and <laughs> I parked my car in the empty lot. I just ran out. I ran, I ran out. I left every, I have nothing. I don't have my phone, nothing. I just ran out and said, ah, forget you. I'm going to be my father. And I realized, hey, guys, I'm not, I mean, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I, I got so emotional and so angry, I passed out. And I, I yelled so violently, I, I passed out. And when I regained consciousness, um, I was in the backseat of, uh, of our car. <laughs> <laughs> and, and super, su- I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. Uh, super, you guys are laughing. And, and, and I woke up and then I realized, man, we have about five more hours to go. <laughs> What do I do? So I remember like laying down there and, and that was the beginning of digging deep of where did I come from and why am I the way I am? And it had to do with exploring like the health of my family, my relationship, what was modeled to me, what wasn't modeled to me. And, you know, that kind of served as an impetus of me uh, beginning reconciliation with my dad and, and I'll, I'll share more stories later, but so that's crazy. Like our upbringing really does play. And even as Christians, guys, um, it's constant work in progress. And, and, and family is crazy because the people that we are supposedly the closest to, the people that we love the most, it's also often the place where we receive the most hurt, most disappointment. Is that, is that true, you guys? So I just thought really just interesting. Um, and, and I think we, as this generation, carry a lot of hurt and, and just a lot of mess, right? So we have a lot of work to do, I guess, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> so this is why I go home and second question, should I have shared that? Because you guys <laughs> laughed at me. And I'm done burying my soul, you guys laugh at me. <laughs> And, and <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I'm okay. I mean, God is dealing with me. <laughs> Casey, um, back to you now. Uh, from what you've seen in your years of experience, uh, have you seen any recurring struggles 
uh, in the, any of the families that you have ministered, what, if there are like patterns and, and struggles that you see that are more common? Yeah. Um, of course, there's like very surface level things. How do I get my kids to do X, Y, Z? Um, how do we not fight all the time? But I think the underlying issue <laughs> that I see, have seen in literally every family is the isolation of not knowing mm. how to deal with something. And that is like rooted in fear. Um, and so like our human brain is kind of tricky. We isolate and we don't tell people because we're scared and we need help um, and we need someone to speak into our lives. But at the same time, we're like, okay, self-preservation. Don't want to like show people my nasty. But then... Pride, pride, right? Too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you isolate and you shrink into yourself and you don't get the help that you need or your child needs or your spouse needs. Um, and so that's something that I see in every family. Um, there hasn't been one family that hasn't dealt with that. However. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but I think we are in a unique place because we are part of the family of God. Um, and so God doesn't want us to do this alone. Um, and this is a place, our church, Rooftop Church, should be a place where we can come and gather and be real like you just shared. Um, I appreciate you sharing, honestly, because that's like what this I is. I didn't know I was going to share today. Yeah, Holy Spirit, <laughs> woohoo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like this invisible wall that we build up to protect ourselves, um, which is really detrimental to not only ourselves, but can be detrimental to our kids, to our relationships, to our friendships even. Um, and so that's something that we want to conquer and get over this fear um, of just kind of exposing ourselves. Now, I'm not saying that you share everything with everyone all the time. Um, that is not what I'm saying. But I think God places really special people in our church um, to for you to connect with. And you might not connect with everyone, but the ones that you do, to be honest and real with them. Mm. That's good. Um, so, Casey, armed with all this knowledge, right, then what's the, what's the next step? What, what are the practical takeaways for us? How do we proceed from what we feel and what we do know what we have to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned, instead of building the walls, we want to build archways. And this is where this theme of arches comes in. Um, there's a picture of an arch. Like, y'all know what an arch is, right? You walk through it. Um, in Beautiful. It. Yeah. Um, and so this is not only like a decoration piece, but it's also a structural piece, right? It supports the building. Um, and so Arches Ministry is basically that. We want to give support to our church members. We want to make sure that we're there for you. Um, and we learn how to do that for each other too. So we can walk through and with each other's lives instead of keeping people out. Um, and so our vision statement, Pastor Scott read it earlier, but I'll say it again. Arches Ministry exists to empower families through education, encouragement, and engagement so that they are well equipped to grow with their children. And our theme verse is Proverbs 22, 6. Um, I believe it's very, yes. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, and so we want to support families, couples, people who are thinking about children, singles, um, in this way. Um, and we want to educate, encourage, and engage with you um, deeper than just, hey, how are you doing? Good, great, awesome, cool, bye. Um, we want to go deeper. Um, and I think with concentric leadership and all that Pastor Scott has been talking about, this ties in really nicely. And I think the Lord really is calling us to deeper relationships, not only with him, but with each other. Mm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there, there are expectations. Like, this is a, not a sign-up and you have to, like, commit every day um, to everything. Um, but we do ask that if you want to participate with us, do it for six months. Give us a try. Um, we're going to pray for you. 
and like ask you like for prayer requests intentionally. Um, we'll meet up with you, have coffee, have lunch, have dinner, all of the above, um, and really connect with you guys um, and make sure that you're okay and you have the resources that you need to be a better fill in the blank. That's great. Thanks for sharing this, uh, Casey. Um, I know what some of you guys are thinking. All of this talk about family, all of this uh, vision statement about parenting and growing as husbands and wives, I know that there's a certain population in the congregation that is uh, probably thinking, oh, you know what, this doesn't really pertain to me. Uh, Casey, uh, my question is, what about those who are not yet married? What about those that are married but do not have children? And, and, well, how do we reconcile the, the distance, I guess, and rather like realistically distance as well? Uh, what if I'm not at that stage of life? Yeah, so I mean, we're all a part of the body of Christ, right? Um, and in the Bible, if you're a foot or an elbow or whatever part that you have <laughs> to be. I don't know about elbow be. is mentioned, but yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Some of us are the armpits. <laughs> The kneecaps. I'll take the armpit on whatever. You guys don't have to be the armpit. Um, but we're all part of the body of Christ, right? And that doesn't exclude singles mm. or people without children or people who want 20 children. Um, so we <laughs> want to make sure that everyone is included in this. And so through prayer, through just being intentional um, with one another, we can all participate as the body of Christ together as one family. Yeah, if there's a personal exhortation for those that are not yet married and, the, and this stage of uh, family stage of life, um, you know, I just want to encourage you, like, you know, sometimes when you perceive, like, when you look at me, it's like, well, Scott, you've been married, you're old, you know, this is our, like, again, you laugh so loudly. <laughs> <laughs> you will get to, hey, let me just say, I was young too, okay, so um, I was just going to say, you know, I, I, I wasn't always married. Like, I spent majority of my 20s wondering if I'm ever going to get married, uh, one of my biggest life decisions at, at the age of 28, I made, and I, I left for living in 8,000 miles away from here. I was unmarried, single, even making and that commitment to live as a missionary. Uh, this concept of marriage was not a guaranteed thing. And I was, guys, I, you guys know, I was a mess. I was selfish. Like, you know, I, I, was, I was already balding at the time. So, I mean, I didn't have a lot going for me. So, see, this reality of, like, being a married person and having my own family, this was largely in, in, in the dark. But even for me as a single person, I think I remember, like, craving um, being around, like, more established people. Uh, meaning, in, in, in that sense, it was like, who are the married folks and what do they have that I, I don't have, obviously? Like, so I, I remember, like, hanging out with married people. And I remember feeling super awkward because, like, it's, sometimes it's boring. Like, what they talk about, like, some, sometimes all they talk about is kids. So I'm like, dude, like, talk about something else. I remember feeling like that as a 20-some-year-old man. And, but I intentionally wanted to be part of that group because... Well, there has to be something that I need to learn because I want one day that to be my reality. And because I knew for once, I didn't know, I, w I wasn't sure if I didn't, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a dad, but I was like, God, I don't know if I could live with this like sense of loneliness for, for very long. So I remember longing for the next stage of life. So I think what we want to accomplish through Arches Ministry is that we, we don't, this is not an exclusive ministry for singles and married. Like, we are all called to do this together. 
And now on the other spectrum of, of life stage, you know what I envy in the singleness? You know what I see? I remember having once at that stage of my life, flexibility, freedom, courage, dare to obey God at all costs. I'm going to say, guys, as a middle, like, mid-40s, guys, I am more scared. I have more, like, baggage. And so I'm not as nimble to pursue the convictions. I mean, that's just the reality, right? So there's ton to be had. There's ton that we need to glean from you, younger single folks as well. So this concept of arches, I think, really explains well what we all need together. Yeah, I also think, like, when I was praying through, Pastor Scott asked me to think about it, um, the phrase, it takes a village, like, resonated really deeply. Um, and a village isn't just made up of married people. There's all these different generations and all these people with different giftings and skills and talents um, and experiences. And so if we're to model Christ mm. for others, um, we need the whole body to be there. And we need to see into each other's lives to be able to model that. Because we may not have that gifting and we may not be able to model it from what we've experienced, but through other people and seeing that, I think that's a powerful thing. He, she said modeling. Do you guys remember what I talked about last, last week? It's not just important, guys, that's the reality. We as the same, belonging to the same tribe, whether you want it or not, you're constantly modeling. Whether you like it or not, your family, what you're doing in your marriage is serving as a template for somebody else or for the church at a greater body. We're all modeling for one another. So I think it helps that we are intentional, that we are more mindful of what we want to do together. Uh, so, big question. Yeah. Do you think this is going to work? Is this going to work? <laughs> And my honest question is this, guys. Casey, I don't know. Awesome. I, I know. Awesome, right? Perfect. You're telling us we're doing this, and you're not sure if you're, it's going to work? <laughs> Honestly, guys, I, I'm not sure if it's going to work. I can say with much certainty that if we do this as a result of launching this ministry, that all of our marriage is going to work. We're going to be better dads, better moms, better singles. I'm not guaranteeing any of that. Um, what I do know is that we will have to do something. We just have to do something. I think for far too long, we have wished and expected things to be better when it pertains to our families. I think we always pray and, and wish, oh, I wish that our, our marriage was better. Oh, I wish we were better parents. But in reality, we haven't received much learning or education we really haven't done much. So as I've been teaching for the past few weeks, and I do believe in the reality of imparting, imitating. So while I'm not certain that this will bring about certain results, I know that this is absolutely the right approach as we want to be uh, um, experiencing healthier families and other units of relationship. Casey, then, do you believe that this will work. Absolutely. Okay, you're a little bit more of faith. <laughs> um, so, like, in I'm all... I'm the skeptic here. Okay, great. <laughs> in all honesty, Arches Ministry isn't something new. 
that mm. we're doing, right? We're kind of tying in all the things that Rooftop has done really well mm. um, and kind of bringing that together intentionally and then moving forward together. Um, and so gender ministries, um, outings, all the things like celebrations and all that stuff that we're doing well, um, we wanna bring that in and then go deeper. Um, so my heart for our children and our ministry and our church and the body of Christ um, is just to be genuine like be a genuine community. I think I've lacked that for years. Um, and so I really do want to walk with, like actually walk with you in your lives. Um, and likewise, like if I'm having a bad day that I can just say like, it's not going great. <laughs> um, and you guys will be okay and not like, oh my gosh, <laughs> she's falling apart, right? Um, but just to be a genuine community that loves the Lord and loves each other um, and loves the world around us, um, I think, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, but like, that's really my heart. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I hope that we can be a safe place. Rooftop Church can be a safe place for all of us. Um, we all have struggles. We all have issues. We all have celebrations and joys um, that we can walk together with. And so in all of those things, um, we want to be intentional um, and really learn how to model Christ through all of those things. Yeah, uh, for those that are... Uh, Parents, um, this is something worth investing your time and resources to. Uh, one day, I mean, as they are growing up in this church and, and when they are of their age, they will reference in the younger days, they will reference often of uh, the relationships of their dads and moms. And, 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 and I understand, like, we may not be the immediate beneficiaries of what we are sowing today, but man, it will be such a wonderful gift that we get to impart for the generations to come. So I hope that you are able to get excited. And well, Casey, that's all the time that we have. Um, I, I know that this is not nearly enough time for all of us to explore together the many more questions we have regarding our families. But perhaps I, I hope that you guys can be excited. Are, are you guys excited? Yeah. Well, Pastor Daniel's excited. All right. <laughs> um, at, at the very least, it, it'll be a good conversation piece for you as you're driving home. And like, hey, what can we do? What, are, what questions have we explored so that we are working um, together at home? All right? So um, let's close. So I, I, my exhortation to you, keep coming out to church. Keep listening to sermons. Keep paying attention to what events, invitations that are going out. Because, again, everything that we're doing in the year 2023 is pointing back to how can we grow as leaders? How can we grow in making greater impact and influence to those around us? All right. So, Casey, if I can ask you to pray for us. Absolutely. And we'll ask the praise team to come on up to lead us into time of worship. Heavenly Father, we uh, stand in awe of who you are, God. Um, you are magnificent. You are glorious. You are so patient and so kind. And God, we, as your children... Um, gather every week to extol you, to lift you higher. And we desire, Father, for that to be not only a Sunday activity, but a lifestyle. God, that we could live our lives for your glory. And so, Father, we're asking for you to pour out your amazing love upon every single member of Rooftop Church, from the youngest to the oldest. God, that we could experience your love as our Heavenly Father, as our good, good Father, that we would be touched by who you are. 
And Father, in all of our weaknesses, God, we know that you will be made strong, that you will be seen and experienced. And so we welcome the struggles, we welcome the hardship because that's going to forge us through the fire and that's going to bring us closer to you. And God, we want to do this together as a family. As we launch Arches Ministry, God, help us to walk with one another in all things. Father, that we could model Jesus Christ. The love that he shared on this earth is something that we want to learn how to share, how to be a part of, to be used by you as a vessel, not only for our families, but for the world around us. And so God, we thank you. We thank you so much for your spirit who lives inside of us, who gives us this power and strength and courage. We thank you, God, for your patience as we figure it out, as we fumble through life together. And God, we thank you for your grace. Help us, Father, to go from here and to love you well this week. Yes, God. To love deeply from the well that we've been filling, that you've been working in, God. We thank you so much for your love. I thank you, God, for every person in this room. We thank you for every single one of our children. Continue, God, to lead us closer to your heart and to reveal yourself to us, God. We love you.